Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, it's phase zero. Oh, God. Zero. We are talking about WandaVision episode seven on today's show. I'm your host, Brandon Davis. I'm excited to be back for the show. I can't believe we're already seven episodes into WandaVision. This is wild. I am joined today. The red shirt guy is back, but he's wearing a black shirt. Mr. Jim Viscardi. I got a red mug. Red mug. (laughs) There we go. Saucy. <laughs> and welcome to Phase Zero for the first time. A comicbook.com staffer here, Nicole Drum. Thanks for having me, guys. I am so pumped to be on this show. Thank you no so idea. much. I, I love getting uh, I love getting everybody from the staff worked into the show because we, we all love this stuff so much. It is fun oh, to yeah. get all sorts of different opinions. And, and it's also crazy because like we have Jamie on, we have we have Connor on, and all and and with each week it becomes like it's a totally different conversation because WandaVision changes it so much. So this is super fun. Yeah. Uh, so Nicole, we do have uh, we do have uh, a, a process. We have to ask every okay. new host uh, a first an icebreaker, if you will, to get to know everybody on the show. So I'd like to start with uh, if you had to do a karaoke duet with one Avenger. Oh, who man. would it be? Why couldn't I get that question? Oh man. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to base mine off of the MCU just because I have a better idea of voices. Um, though I don't think my answer would really change. I'm going to go with Captain Marvel. Um, especially if we're using the MCU version because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 90s person. So I feel like there's some <laughs> definite musical cues that we both just get on with. But also she has a fantastic voice. So I can sound terrible, which I would. And um, it'll just make it all better. But yeah, I think she'd be a lot of fun, actually. I can only imagine that the comment section is saying, well, Jeremy Renner has a music album out there. (laughs) You know, I I feel like if he and I were to do a duet of some sign with karaoke, it would probably be some like slightly sad, maybe like possibly country song. And I feel like if we're going to do a duet in karaoke, it needs to be a fun jam. Because I, feel like I, I gotta I, hide I, this bad voice. So I think uh, I think Scott Lang might be the most fun to get up there with. But I think Captain oh. Marvel, if you're looking for a good song, true. if you're looking I, for a high quality record, I think Captain Marvel's your girl. I want to put on I'm, a good I'm show. Singing, so. I'm singing "Total Eclipse of the Heart" with Scott Lang. Any chance? Oh I my have. god! I would pay money, <laughs> Jim. I would pay money for that. Someone, someone, make that happen. <laughs> so uh, we have a big show today because not only did Nicole here speak with Monica Rambeau herself, Tiana Paris earlier this week, so it's not a dive into the the content of this week's episode, but right. we use we use questions. I think you did a really good job using questions that uh, are still really fun to hear about even after the episode, and maybe even yes. more so. So, yes. so we're going to have that for you. Monica Rambeau is going to be on Phase Zero today. And also we have a special guest joining us live. We, we have to get to this. Uh, this is I'm very excited about our special guest today because it's a big day for her. She's, she's a director who she knows how to deliver heart and inspiration. 
And you'll know this if you watch her new movie, which is on Disney Plus today, Flora and Ulysses, which is a superhero movie in itself. It's about a super squirrel, uh, a superhero nonetheless. It is, and, and the most heroic thing about that squirrel, if you ask me, is not the fact that it can like fly and do all this crazy stuff. It's how it inspires the characters around him, which I love. Uh, and she is a huge Marvel fan herself, something I have learned runs in her family. Welcome to Phase Zero, Lena Khan. Hello. Hey, nice All to right. be here. I don't have as cool backgrounds as you guys because I'm in a production office. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is pretty cool in itself. I think that is really cool. Thank you so much for joining us, Lena. Yeah, I'm so excited. And uh, I don't know what uh, we're going to, I want to talk to you about what today is like. We're gonna, I have some questions for you, but first we do have to run through some of the big Marvel news this week. Uh, and everybody is welcome to join this conversation. If you have questions for Lena, we are live on Twitch right now. Make sure you're subscribed, say hello, and also drop your questions in. We will pull some of those up. Uh, and I want but really quick, I want to run through some of the big Marvel news really quickly, uh, just to get through the top of the show here. First of all, uh, the big news of the week seems to be that the Marvel characters that Netflix had been using are back at Marvel. The the mm-hmm. rule that we understand it as the public, and I you know I th- I think this is true as as true as I can as, as much as I can believe it is that after these shows were canceled, two years go by they go back to Marvel if they're not used. Two years have gone by for the Punisher and Jessica Jones. That is the last of all the Defenders characters. That means Marvel Studios now has all of the Defenders-centric Netflix characters. Everybody wants to see them back again. Who here, who, who of the three of you would you say is the biggest? Who's the big, ne- any of you big Marvel Netflix uh, fans? I mean, I love uh, look, Jessica I, Jones. That's going to say, I am, I am very excited to, at the possibility of Kristen Ritter returning as Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. I thought she was really fantastic in that. I mean, I, I mean, look, they're, they're all great, right? Like Charlie Cox back yeah. as Daredevil would be phenomenal. And, and to, you know, to get uh, Luke Cage back, like, mm-hmm. I mean, why, like, I, I would love to, see, that was the thing that everyone wanted, right? Everyone wanted to see them interact with the, the larger, bigger picture MCU. And so hopefully we will get that. I hope so. And I mean, I've seen so many people on Twitter saying, please put Jessica Jones in She-Hulk. That just makes sense. I think that could be cool. That could be really cool. Imagine Kristen Ritter and Tatiana. Oh, my God. Oh, that would be such a good show. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about them being in the right hands again. <laughs> because yeah. you're, Jessica Jones, you're like, gosh, that needs to go back to Marvel so this can go back to its greatness. Yeah, it's it, it is wild because like those shows. I, I, I mean, this is true of Marvel Studios as well. There are not everything is a ten out of ten, mm-hmm. but uh, there are a, a lot of those seasons of the Daredevil, Punisher, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Defenders. Some of those, there are individual seasons of those shows that are some of the best Marvel content. There are some that are not. <laughs> yep. some stuff For maybe sure. we should leave behind sure. uh, it's, it's tricky because you we've had this conversation on the show before you can't just like take one thing and not take all of it right right Oh, I don't know. I don't we'll see. We'll the, see. The, the uh, things that aren't perfect tens make the perfect tens even more perfect on a lot of levels. Bingo. I love appreciate them more. Here we go. <laughs> That's the kind of energy we're looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the next big thing was Marvel Studios announced another show for Disney+. Plus. I don't know how they have room for more shows. I love that we're getting so much Marvel content, but they've managed. uh, They're having Assembled, Marvel Studios Assembled, which will be a behind-the-scenes look, and the first episode of that will be a behind-the-scenes look at WandaVision. This feels a lot like the gallery that we saw Mm -hmm. for The Mandalorian, which I I love The Mandalorian, and I, I, I loved watching the Disney gallery show because it was just those sets were remarkable. And I'm curious, Lena, as somebody who has worked on these type of sets before, uh, is it nerve-wracking as a filmmaker to have kind of this this 
opening to the world, do you think? Like if, if we were to take a, a full-on documentary look at how you made Flora and Ulysses, would that be nerve-wracking to you? No, I don't think so. This stuff is so exciting. Now we're still like kids when we're out there. It, it was like you just dream something. They'd be like, oh, we'll tell you the people who will make help you make this happen. And the stuff they're doing on The Mandalorian like that is front and center of all the coolness. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like just watching what with WandaVision specifically, watching how they built all imagined up all of these sets and built all of these sets for each era that's going to be very interesting to see uh big another big story this week was danny elfman is doing the musical score for dr strange in the multiverse of madness i think that's just great news i mean danny mm-hmm. elfman like is synonymous with some of the best comic book movie scores and beyond so yeah that's, it's that's, also a nice it's a reunion right because you know they uh, you know, they, they've worked together a bunch in the past. And so this is just a, a happy, a happy coming together. It almost makes me think we might hear a certain Danny Elfman score. Ooh, we may some, somewhere oh. in Marvel again. Like, I don't know. Did Ooh, he, maybe. Did he do any very famous Marvel oh. scores before? That might oh. be. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. I, honestly, the, the crazy thing about all of this is that, the, the the rumors that of Toby and Andrew and everybody being Spider-Man again, everybody has heard it by this point. This is like the most just widely accepted, completely unconfirmed, and actually <laughs> denied by Tom Holland himself rumor. I don't know. I don't know, man. So, yeah. Uh, so who knows? What's I actually I appreciate the 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 attempts at secret keeping. So I think it makes the experience better. It's weird that this one has become so widely kind of known but also mm-hmm. dodged and and covered i don't know we'll see what happens uh, and also black panther turned three this week i can't believe that uh, I remember oh my God. time goes so fast and so slow and so fast <laughs> it's just what three years ago already that means infinity war is about to turn three. Oh, that's yeah. crazy wow that's great. Yeah, wow. well, I, I feel like I'm still that. living. I feel like I'm still living that movie, right? Like, because it's just it's it's one of those like like all of those movies, right? Like just Black Panther and uh, you know the Infinity uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Like we're still living with the, the ramifications of those movies. That like if they literally feel like they came out just yesterday. Or yeah, yesterday. they still like feel brand new. Maybe a week. They ago. feel brand new. We. I, it's also just kind of like we're living in the blip, like 2020. Yeah. Oh like, God, yeah, everything Ain't was canceled. <laughs> I, I just what I want. What the, the number one thing I want from our government is to just get together, make of the very important decision of agreeing that nobody had a birthday. We didn't lose a year. We didn't get older. <laughs> like we're just picking up. Like March 2020, we just pick up where we left off and we get the Brand, year. Brandon, back. Re, Brandon's trying real hard to uh, stay stay in his 20s with that one. <laughs> Hey, I'll take an extra year shaved off by all means, please. (laughs) I want my year back, Viscardi. So, okay, those are the biggest headlines. If there's anything else on the MCU news front you want to talk about, uh, please, by all means, drop it in the comments section. We do read the comments. But right now, I do want to talk to Lena a bit. And if you have a question for Lena, uh, Lena Khan, director of Flora and Ulysses, which is on Disney Plus right now. I've seen it. It's a heartwarming film. Uh, Drop them in the comments section. Disney Disney Plus went down uh, earlier this morning, and it is Mm -hmm. absolutely because everyone went to go watch 
exploring Ulysses. It's, well, it's, this, is, this is a rare thing where where you have both a new episode of WandaVision, which is highly anticipated, and you have a brand new movie, which is highly anticipated. And Disney Plus doesn't usually drop big things like this on the same day. So it's very cool to see that. Uh, Lena, I honestly just, I would love to just hear what the, what release day is like, because here you are on our show. It's it's so cool to have you. And you're you're also, you're at work, is my understanding. Like, what do you, yeah, what do, you do? I'm trying to focus. I'm like, there's all these people texting me. I'm shooting an episode of Never Have I Ever in like two hours. And so I'm like, I should be prepping, but I also want to see these fun text people are sending me. And so it's, it, but I did watch WandaVision and I looked at like, you know, the splash page of my movie at midnight, you know, I was like, forget sleep. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. Is it, is it a little bit of a nerve wracking thing to, to have worked on this thing, this movie for so long and nobody got to see it, you know, and now it's out there and, and your friends, I'm sure your friends and family and everybody's texting, you're seeing reactions. What is it like to kind of know that this is out there for everybody to see for the first time? Yeah, well, at the beginning, it's like, you know, especially because my first movie was an indie film called The Tiger Hunter. And mm -hmm. this one is like many, many times bigger. And so I'm running around. First is excitement. <laughs> of like there's billboards up. I saw like commercials and people. I don't watch The Bachelor, but I have some friends who did. And they're like, oh, your commercials on The Bachelor. I'm like, The Bachelor. <laughs> then we made it because I was trying to target not just kids. And so I'm glad that that happened. It was supposed to, I was like, I'm shooting for the adults. And then there's a while, like just this week where I was like, oh, shoot, reviews are coming in. Then it's really nerve wracking. Um, but we, we got all our t all the top critics um, gave us good reviews, and so that finally now I'm in a good place finally again because it was really nerve wracking until now. That just that makes me so genuinely happy for you because I can only imagine how that feels to put this out there. It's almost like you're making yourself vulnerable with all this work, and uh, and it's to see the good reception of it, the positive reception is really nice. It's a it's a I, the film is so fun. It's so <laughs> it's so like. It just makes you feel good. Like I just loved it. So I appreciate that that you are getting that moment now. Uh, but also, it's a perfect fit to talk about on Phase Zero and on ComicBook.com because it's based on a book, and it also has so many comic book references and influences in there. I mean, it opens on a shot of Silver Surfer and Wolverine. I don't think that's <laughs> a spoiler, but it's so cool. That was such a cool thing to see. How did you kind of land on on some of the comic book influences that that outright just appear and are referenced in the film? Um, some of them I was just excited to put in the first time I, I heard about the book. And I told you already, I grew up with my brother. His name is Bilal. He's a huge comic book person, introduced me to them, you know, and, and, and we go deep. And so there was, um, the book, Ulysses has a different sort of powers. And this one were really inspired. I was so stoked. We used to talk about it way back when, um, there's this old Justice League comment by uh, Grant Morrison, where, you know, like, is it the Martians or the aliens come and, and, and are basically like saving everything, saving Earth, you know, and like fixing everything. And then they realize at the end, they're like, we can't have other people save problems for us. Otherwise, humanity is just going to fail. Like superheroes, their, their purpose is literally catch you when you fall. But otherwise, their job is to inspire humanity. And I was like, that is such a good role for Ulysses, that he, he will just do that little bit. And he will literally catch you if you fall. But after that, he, he empowers everybody else. And so after that, went philosophical. And then, and then it was just like, let's, let's just dive deep where we can put Easter eggs. Let's put them where like I had the, I had the most fun on the main, um, main, the main on ends, all the images, although we had like Half of them got got lost because of clearances. We couldn't have them, but 
<laughs> oh, I could, uh, that's probably such a headache to have to be like, oh, we have this I one. I love used to end with Ulysses having it. He had like an infinity gauntlet, but instead of the stones, he had all the M&Ms. And I just, <laughs> the, our, our artist did such a good uh, uh, rendition of that, but we didn't <clears> win that fight. Even though Sean Bailey from Disney called Marvel and got everything else cleared, but there's a few things they're like, no, 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 that's too much. <laughs> like, oh, that would have been legendary to see the squirrel at the end, like in like a heroic, like almost anti-Thanos pose. Yeah. That would have been so fun. That's amazing. Uh, I have a, we have a question from Rachel Leishman in the comments. Lena, you are clearly a big Marvel and seemingly Star Wars fan. So what would be your dream franchise to work with? And what is a character you'd love to explore? Um, I am a big X-Men person, but, um, I would love to do a Miss Marvel for lots of personal reasons. I just, I think the comic's so fun. It reminds me of like Calvin and Hobbes drawings meet comics. It kind of has the silly side, but also has the powerful side. I don't, I think it'll be a good, like many years before she gets a movie, but that's a big one or, or something in the X-Men years. I want them to come back. I love how they deal with sort of like real kind of social issues in this allegorical way. It's super cool. and something I feel like only comics do right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Love yeah. I, so, but the, the last thing I want to ask you: there is a very clear shot in Flora and Ulysses of Ulysses pulling off the superhero landing, <laughs> which actually we're going to talk about that because we saw that in Wandavision today too. I don't know if anybody caught that. <laughs> so, and that's also like it became such a it, it, it almost was like a subconscious thing to see that kind of three point stance where the where the hero is doing that, and then Deadpool called it out. In that <laughs> so w- was there any specific kind of hero or even Deadpool that that made you think we need to we need to this Iron Man three poster cover Ulysses is hitting that superhero pose that for, for that to get that in the movie? Oh, I mean, I went I went very deep on the superhero poses. I have like references for my artists, like pages and pages <laughs> of comic book poses. I was like, this one we must have. But there's a bunch else, the other ones that they tried to help you know, help his kind of muscular anatomy so he could pull off some of the other things, whether it's like Spider-Man when he's on a pole. There's a, there's a very type of a stature that gives it the comic bookness, And we tried to kind of infuse that as much as we could. But that one I knew, I was like, no, that's our trailer moment. And he just has to be badass. So I think <laughs> I even caught a little bit of Superman, like classic Superman in one of those scenes. Uh, I, I appreciate that. So everybody, Flora and Ulysses is available right now on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and I imagine everybody here has already watched WandaVision because we're about to talk full spoilers so i do recommend uh it's friday uh if you're if you have kids if you're just looking for a good feel good film uh on your own i don't care how old you are uh it, flora and ulysses is a blast to watch and alina's uh first my, disney my, plus movie my five-year-old is literally watching it in the other room right next door so i'm excited <laughs> That's for it. And my four-year-old's watching it tonight so <laughs> <laughs> perfect there we go uh, okay so we're gonna take one Quick break. We'll be back in one minute, and then we're diving full on into the WandaVision spoilers. And we have an interview with Tiana Paris, Monica Rambo herself. We'll be coming up here on the show. So we'll see you in 60 seconds. Welcome back to Phase Zero. Thank you for sticking with us through a quick break. We're diving into WandaVision Episode 7 spoilers here on Phase Zero Episode 6. If you're watching us on Twitch right now live, please make sure you're following the comicbook.com channel. You will be notified when our Comic Book Nation show is live. You'll be notified when our A Wild Podcast has appeared goes live. And I suggest watching those shows if you're interested in pretty much anything that we're all interested in. So thank you for following, subscribing, and also thank you for subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, 
Because of that, I am very, very, very thrilled to say that with this episode, we are already going to hit 100,000 streams on all platforms. And that blows my mind. Thank you so much, everybody, for that. Uh, so I, I, I can't thank everybody enough. I, I will <laughs> thank you, but I can't, I can't waste the next half hour of the show doing that. So we're going to talk all about WandaVision, Episode 7. This is your spoiler warning. It's going across the bottom of the screen. You know how the show goes. First of all, we're going to go around the room here and react to the episode. Lena, I'd like to hear from you first. This is the only show where we give our guests homework. You did it. You watched WandaVision. We appreciate that. What did you think of, uh, of episode seven? Oh, the, uh, this is not homework for me. I was so excited. I think I really watched that uh, anyways. Uh, I, I think it was kind of crazy because everybody was talking about how like, oh, you know, who, who are they going to meet? Who are they going to go and meet? And then the surprise ends up, well, I guess it wasn't a surprise for a lot of like people in the know, but especially if you look at her name, cause I was like, Oh, that's sort of like a, <laughs> you can tell from the name, but anyways, um, no, I, I thought it was stoked. I love that they, because after the first few episodes, when they started not basing it so much in that sort of like TV show format as a filmmaker, I was a little bummed cause I think that's super clever. So I was excited to get into like the two thousands um, storytelling, but um, I'm excited about the super villains that um, are going to come probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uh it's, I feel like these this set up a really grand finale. Uh Jim, what did you think of episode 7? Dude, it, this is this is an episode that I think like as a diehard comics fan uh gets me really excited because it's one of those things where there have been there's been plenty <clears throat> in the episodes leading up to this to really kind of dig in and and figure out but like this one I felt more so than than the rest really has a lot for for people to to dig into which and we're going to get into in into this episode because i have left a bunch of uh, theory trains and i am boarding new ones i have theories on theories for this week's episode and like and look all these theories based in the source material so stay tuned you're you're never getting that james Fader <laughs> cameo well, i had to bring him onto the show that's the only way i'm going to get him on <laughs> it, on wandavision now is by having him in my background you and uh, Layla in the comments right now. She really wants to see uh, Spader as well. I just feel like, eh, I don't know if we have time for that. There's Nicole, what did you think of, uh, of episode seven? Um, let's just say it, I watched it and then could not sleep afterwards. I'm literally like laying in bed with my brain, like trying to take my theories and like reroute them. And it just blew my mind. Like I kind of saw the, the, the villain thing coming ish. I think everyone sort of did, but not like that. Um, for me, it is just one of those things where it's like, and, and, and you know, people who've read some of the stuff that I've written, I, I kind of focus in a lot on like the grief aspect of it because I think it's such a really beautiful exploration of that on the show. And I think this episode just was so well done on every single mark. So like my brain was literally exploding with all those, that deep comic stuff, plus all the grief stuff, plus twists I didn't expect, even though I probably should have expected it. So it's like, it's 3 a.m., my eyes are wide open, and I'm just like, what's next? It was, it's just such a great episode. Like, it's just mind-blowing on every level. <laughs> I'm not okay, guys. I'm not okay. <laughs> Rachel wants justice for Sparky. Listen, start the oh, hashtag. God. <laughs> I am so sad for Sparky. I cried. He said, and I killed Sparky. I was like, this mother. <laughs> I, oh my God. I actually cried when she said that I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of hope that does mean we get green synthesoid Sparky yet, but I, I still don't know how much time we possibly have for that. Uh, I'm going to be honest. This episode to me felt like such a, uh, 
I guess an unexpected change of pace. So I don't feel like I'm as high on it as you all are, but I always feel like I have to like correct, like almost point out that I, I did like the episode. There has not been an episode of this that I haven't liked, but because I feel like I'm not in the, I'm going to gush over it category that people are going to be like, Oh, he hated this episode. It's <laughs> like, it's, it's certainly not. I, I enjoyed watching this episode. I thought it was like a, just because I felt like episode six ended on a very specific cliffhanger with so much momentum. And then we kind of diverted from that for the majority of this episode. And then I thought the ending was fantastic. Uh, the, the Agatha Harkness of it all, we kind of like, you know, those of us who, who dissect this stuff, I, I wasn't surprised that she was Agatha Harkness. I was surprised that she is such a clear cut villain because Agatha in comics is always. See, I don't, I don't know sure if she's, she's a clear cut villain. villain she's kind of being protective of her too, so it's kind of in between. Yeah, I, I think there's, I mean, there's some deep cuts in comics they could be kind of adapting with that just a little bit, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping for that piece of it because then I'm going to want justice for Agatha if they turn her into a clear cut villain. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I feel. Yeah, there must be somebody else kind of behind the scenes pulling mm-hmm. the strings on uh, on whatever Agatha is up to. I also found it very interesting because I thought that the the powers we saw from Agatha, especially like on the tree branches, I think in that post credit scene, they looked very uh, Power Stone kind of emulating like the purple kind of glow was, but I, I don't know. I'm just looking at details, looking for the, the tinfoil hat every Friday is just tighter than. Okay. You, you yeah, brought that, it up. So I have, so I have to, I have to talk about this tinfoil hat theory. Okay. Right. We have been talking time and time again about the infinity stones are gone. They have been, yep. uh, they have been destroyed. Energy cannot be destroyed. It can just be, you know, transferred or whatever. And <clears throat> an interesting thing uh, it, it has has kind of presented itself uh, in this episode. There are, there are two things. So Wanda's power, when she uses her magic, is red. We saw in last week's episode, uh, Billy's power manifests as blue. And now we see Agnes's power manifesting as uh, purple. And and the book, which we'll probably get into a little bit later, which we believe uh, is the, the Darkhold, is manifesting this orange, which also kind of falls in line with uh, what Doctor Strange is doing, or Doctor Strange can do with with his magic. Now, look, I know there are only so many colors they can use to do certain things, but the fact that they there is not one unified look for magic in the MCU, and they are all of a sudden connected to the different colors that the Infinity Stones were, is way too coincidental to not be a so, thing. So, to just I I agree with you, and I appreciate your your detective <laughs> skills. But just to play devil's advocate, I'm trying to think of a color they could use that is not in the Infinity Stones to kind of display a color. Like, what are they going to use? Brown? They could use pink. pink. They could use white. They haven't I, used white. They haven't used black. They haven't used pink. There are plenty of other shades that they can use. But then again, think of it, right? Red is reality. Wanda is rewriting reality. Mm-hmm. Billy yeah. is yeah. blue, which very clear. Like, it looks like. The space Stone. Yeah, I mean, okay, so th- but it was the original color of the of the Mind Stone, so I don't know. I'm, I'm still 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 little, still a little fuzzy. It could fuzzy apply. There. It could apply but, in both, but, in both cases. I want to ask, ask the director here uh, for some insight, which might help us because I feel like the color. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I want this to be true, but I'm just playing devil's advocate. You pointed out they could use pink, they could use white color choice. Like you're not a white kind of light emulating might pick up differently or something. Do you think that some of that might be sort of just 
how good the colors look or do you think <laughs> i don't know i like I had, I had a movie that is not like they're literally dealing with multiverse stuff and things like that i had a movie that had one superhero and i went deep on the easter egg so i no doubt everything there has like 20 layers of me I was even like, there's like a decimal code there's a color code on the license plate at the very beginning if you look it up it's green i was like does that mean nightmares coming like what's happening like <laughs> i didn't even see that i love it yeah, well, Lena is one of us. Lena oh. is so fully one of us. We love to see that. The, the uh, only have... other, the only other thing I'll say because I know we need to get something else is the the other theory that I have as far as the colors of the magic go. Wanda's Wanda's red, Billy's blue, uh, blue and red make purple, and that's what Ag uh, that's what Agnes has or Agatha has. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if um, I mean if Agatha helped create the uh, the twins, right? You know, is is she does she, her are her powers a mix of Wanda and Billy's? Because you know it's very seems very clear that and from what we know in the comics. Billy does not have a one-for-one -one match of what uh, Wanda's powers are. And so, you know, I wonder if there's a potential mix at play there if my Infinity Stone theory is wrong. So I have two theories that uh, I can always fall back on and say I told you so. Okay, so but do we think the twins are even real at this point? Does anybody they're, think they're, they're never real? I mean, they're they're not real in the comics. I mean, they became yeah. real, but like, they I mean, real. Yeah. I, I, think, I think reality is a perception thing. And I mean, they're real for where they are. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're real everywhere. I mean, I don't think they're complete just manifestations. I think there's something more to it. I mean, it's Marvel. They're going to make it a little more than that. Um, but again, yeah, <laughs> in comics, they're they're not real, not real, at least right away. Um, I think there's definitely an energy of some fashion in play. Because like Jim says, energy can't be destroyed. It can really be transformed or trans, or, right. you know what I mean, transferred. Whatever, whatever that line is. Yeah, so well, I, I, okay. I think that they're real, but are they real in the way that we would imagine real living, breathing children? Mm -hmm. There's something. Mm -hmm. I think they will not be real by the time this show is over, and they'll have to be remade into real somewhere down the line. Like, oh, yeah, like and I, 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 I think that's very possible, but I do think that whatever they are is self-real. It's just maybe not what we our minds are seeing. Right, okay. Things that want to create are a reality though mm -hmm. they're a different sort of reality and right. there is an illusion where agnes creates them right there well that's and so that's it and that's the thing agnes yeah. created them using parts of mephisto's like soul energy or, whatever. or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so yeah so they're made from something <laughs> they're made from pieces <laughs> of a demon soul well, and honestly, Maybe. like reality is perception is reality. Reality is perception. So even if they're You've not tangible, so, real, they're real. We, we have gotten so philosophically deep on this show <laughs> like never before. <laughs> no, no, we just went like Jim Carrey, bunch of tetrahedrons moving through space. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing is real. Uh, but I did want to pull up a, a clip from the, the first WandaVision junket where I talked to Catherine Hahn, who was just a blast to talk to. Uh, but I wanted to I wanted to tee this up really quickly because after today's episode, so just check this clip out really quickly. Richard, roll the tape. So we know your name is Agnes. My last thing, I'm just going to say this. Agnes, Agatha Harkness, can you say anything as a Marvel fan? Well done. Well done. I'm not going to push any further. <laughs> I saw the straight phase. I appreciate it. Listen, thank you so much uh, for taking the time. I, I, I Listen, to play a nosy neighbor in an MCU show has been, I mean, to even just to play with wigs. 
It looks like a good great. time. Well, stay golden. Thank you so oh my God, much. Thank you for this warm welcome. Well, I can't wait to talk to you again and good luck. Enjoy the ride. Thank you so much. I stand by the can't wait to talk to her again because now I have a lot more questions. But <laughs> uh, I, I feel like, you know, it's tricky because you go to these, you go to these junkets and you know you can't really – there's certain like the things that we want to talk about could be spoilers. They could not be, but like, I just was having fun with that Agnes, Agatha Harkness. And I felt like that was kind of like a very, a thing that a lot of people who know the comics expect. So Lena, what did you think of the, uh, uh, like, were you shocked to learn she was Agatha Harkness or were you in the camp of, yeah, we've read about this. We've, we kind of saw a little bit coming in some way. We've been saying it at my house for weeks. My husband, the first time, the, like the second time he ever saw her, he's just like, "Oh no!" And so, um, so I don't know why when it's such a simple thing with her name, like what is it, portmanteau or whatever. Like I was like, "Oh, people could have guessed that," but um, he saw it coming. I usually when I watch it, I'm in Happy Happy Land until after, and <laughs> just watching as a viewer. But yeah, it's it, 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 I think that 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 might be part of why I'm not as high on this episode as everybody else seems to be just because I felt like that twist was and, and also we're just like we're on here talking about it every week. We're writing about it all week long on the site. So it's hard to remove yourself from that. And we've covered every theory that I hope some of like is, I hope we're wrong. <laughs> like, but but uh, that it was a very cool reveal. I'm very excited to see like why, why she's doing what she's doing and how much she's doing. And I think I, I, but before we wrap up, I want to predict some stuff about the last two episodes. And that's kind of where my predictions and how Wanda are. will react. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wanda mm-hmm. does all kinds of things. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's very true. Uh, the, the Jim, I think Jim was the one who caught this. He sent me a message this morning. He was the first person to text <laughs> me about this. Nicholas Scratch, Mr. Scratches. Jim, I'm just going to let you take this, take this one. I I can't believe we let this one skip by us in that episode two, Agnes brings out Senor Scratchy, which is Mr. Scratch, you know, which is a longstanding nickname for the devil. And so so when you're first thinking about it, you go, oh, the Mephisto theories, they're all right. But when you dig a little deeper and you put the two and two together, you like diehard comic fans know. Agatha Harkness had a son, Nathaniel Scratch. Uh, sorry, yeah, uh, Nicholas. Nathaniel Scratch. Nicholas Scratch. Yeah, Nicholas Scratch. Sorry, Nicholas Scratch. Who, who, at one point in the comics, led, uh, uh, fought Wanda uh, and and Vision in a place called New Salem, which was a place that looked totally normal, uh, but was a a place where a bunch of uh, magic wielding uh, members of the Marvel Universe all lived no, uh, kind of unbeknown, like an unknowingly kind of thing. And uh, and so like, so that just like blows open the door. Like is Westview more like New Salem mm-hmm. than anything else that was instead of a House of M kind of thing where like the, the prevailing theory has been, right? Like the question is like Dottie, right? Who Dottie has got to be more important than I think that they have kind of led us to believe right now mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, I think the w- the biggest theory right now is that, you know, uh, she's either uh, a, a member of the, the Squadron Supreme or uh, she is a master of the mystic arts in some form or fashion, which may lead to Benedict Cumberbatch showing up and like blowing the whole thing up, right? But 
it's but it's it's a it's a fascinating uh kind of of play because the other thing too is in new salem there was a group of magic users called the salem seven and look we have not seen many people in westview they maybe i I haven't i didn't get a chance to count them before this but like i mean it's pretty close to just seven people right and so like herb may be involved uh you know so the other the other folks that we saw in some of the early episodes may may be involved and so like that it's one of the, just one of those things where you look at it and go, that is way too uh, uh, coincidental because it's one of those things where Agatha at the time was nannying Franklin Richards. And so, you know, is that, you know, is she now instead kind of, you know, looking after the, the kids in a way um, or what? But like the the other thing that that I got to I got to mention, too, is in Agatha's basement. There's a lot of very devilish kind of paraphernalia kind of all over the place, right? Like you've got a, a goat skull with the, the horns uh, on it, which is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, very, very, you know, tied to you know, devils and demons of Mephisto. But as part of the uh, the the uh, Salem Seven is a character by the name of Sam Hain, which I forgot to get a picture for Richard to throw up, but is literally a dark wizard with those goat horns uh, mm-hmm. coming up. I think that is a bridge too far on where we're going because that is obscure. Uh, but it's it, there's definitely something to play. Look, this show from the very beginning has pulled from a a bunch of different Wanda and vision stories throughout the years. And this, it very clearly feels like something that served as an influence. I'm just more annoyed that like, we didn't pick up on the scratchy. Like I literally like looked up like what is scratchy a nickname for? And then that led me to Mr. Scratch. And I was like, Oh my God, it was right there since episode two. Well, Let me catch my breath for a second. Out to be the one that, yeah, Jimmy, okay, wow. <laughs> you need a cigarette? <laughs> uh, that was, that was, uh, if that turns out to be true, it, it'll be very interesting how it, it managed to slip by all of us. And it sounds like you're making a hell of an argument for us uh, for that to be the case. The one thing that every, and also maybe it slipped by us because we're all paying attention to one thing. So, first, before I bring up, I want to ask Lena something just to set the stage for my own curiosity. Lena, you you watch this. It sounds like you watch this as a fan, digest it, and then kind of maybe dive into some of the real theories of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, the aerospace engineer <laughs> is something that we have not stopped talking about on the internet. So as somebody who, who I, I'm sure you read some of this stuff and you have these conversations and stuff, but you're not as not quite as in it as us. I I, I hope for your sake. Uh, <laughs> did you do you feel in those two episodes prior to this week's like the aerospace engineer was something like? Did it catch your attention? Like oh, this is going to be somebody. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that's why I was actually with you that I was more excited about the end of last episode than this one. Because it was, you know, I was like, oh, they're going there. This one is like, okay, well, now give me something that big. And I was wondering, like, okay, well, now we basically know that, hey, they're owning those properties that they have now. I was like, well, are we going to see more mutants now? Are we going to see the Fantastic Four? And I was like, is one of the Fantastic Four going to be, you know, part, part of this group of, like, smart people they're going toward? Uh, smart, smart, get it? Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I Sometimes I feel like they're, they're good enough to kind of, like, exceed our expectations, I'm hoping. So, and, and surprises. So I'm kind of waiting and see, but I think I want to see some mutants. 
I want to see some, I would love to see Beast show up, you know, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. Uh, but it, it, it seems very, it seemed very clear that this aerospace engineer thing was going to be a payoff. And like, there's all the theories online, people online are saying that the Spanish subtitles had feminine uh, connotations. So it was like implying that it was a woman. And then she said in the next week, in, in last week's episode, my guy is almost here, which I mean, could have just been slang. Right. Yeah, and and maybe an intentional mislead because everybody might just assume it's a guy, but my guy could just be a phrase, my person. You know what I mean? That doesn't really specify. So to me, like that, Kevin Feige, Jack Schaefer, Matt Shackman, they know (laughs) what we're going to do with that. So it seems like the only way, like the minimum would be like a James Rhodes or like a Hank Pym, which are tremendous payoffs, but I feel like that delivers. But then if you want to over-deliver, you bring in Reed Richards or Sue Storm right. or Beast. So in a fantasy – first of all, Lena, do you think we are, over, are, are digging too deep here because yeah. we saw the group that she's talking to, but we didn't meet the the aerospace engineer, or did we? What do you think? No, I, I would think if they, they're doing what they have been doing, it's an intentional mislead and that you're going to meet something <laughs> like that. That's what they're doing. I, I, I would argue Reed Richards, he is the smartest one in the entire universe. But um, <laughs> so, so that, would, that would be like, you want to go somewhere, you go there. Do you, are, I'm on the, I'm on the John Krasinski train for Reed Richards. Are you on that train or do you, yeah, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Lena, we are best friends. We are absolutely best friends. Okay. <laughs> not, not to go too far back to my crazy theory. about uh, <laughs> oh, Nick Scratch. Nick Scratch first appeared in Fantastic Four number 185. I'm just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Nicholas Scratch has ties to the negative zone, and I truly think that if we do meet uh, Reed Richards or Sue Storm or any of the Fantastic Four, I don't even know if they bring in Ben Grimm or Johnny Storm for whatever reason, it would be cool to spend time with them in the pre-fantastic time of their <laughs> lives. I mean, it, we've never done that. We, you know, we've had the we've had the Fantastic Four iterations before. With Spider-Man, the third time, we jumped right into him being Spider-Man. With the Fantastic Four, why not spend a little time with them as scientists, as people? Which I don't want to spend too much time with them. You know, I, I want to see them superpowered. But it would be an interesting, an interesting way to kind of change the expectation and subvert the expectation. And, and I think it would pay off. I feel like that origin stories are what Marvel does best. Yeah. And I miss it when they go too far and they don't let us have that because they do it so well when they do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. We are, we are running. We are behind. We got to start moving pretty quickly here. Uh, Monica Rambeau got her powers, which I think we listen, superhero landing. If, if you look at it, when she comes through the wall into Westview, she does the superhero landing who here is the biggest Monica Rambeau fan. I mean, I'm a pretty big not, Monica Rambeau Not fan. all at once. I well, mean, no, I, like, I, mean like, I, I love was, her. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess I, that's a weird way to ask because we don't really know. We can't, we, we're still getting to know each other on phase zero. So we don't. Uh, You're talking to people who probably like, who probably has them all ranked like one <laughs> 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 Like, Is it number one? which which version do we think we're seeing because we saw like the kind of the the view of westview through her eyes and we saw when she landed she had like the force field on the ground which version of monica's evolution into here do you think we're getting Uh, i think we're probably going to get 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 a mix of it all i think i I was gonna say i think we're gonna get a mix yeah 
Yeah, I think that, and, and that's probably the best way best way to approach it, right? I think a lot of fans recently who who've been following the comics um, have gotten to gotten to know that character pretty well in uh, the most recent volume of the Ultimates, where um, it's her and Captain Marvel and Blue Marvel uh, on a team protecting mm-hmm. the multiverse from all kinds of crazy things, and and so like that's really the one where uh, I would love to see them, you know, them start to pull some stuff from. But I think it's still very early, but I I love that we're seeing like the birth of a hero kind of right in, in front of our eyes and it's, and no one is like, well, why now? Like it, it's totally natural. It feels great. And it, I, I can't wait to see more. I feel like there's some table setting there for yeah, absolutely. Captain Marvel too, on some level. Yep. Um, and I do think we're going to see a mix. And I do, I do think that there's probably some strong pull that while we're going to see a mix of the different, iterations of Monica Rambeau and her powers, I would not be surprised if her ultimate code name isn't Photon just because of her connections to her mother. Yep. Um, so yeah. I think we're going to get all the versions of Monica rolled <laughs> into this one really well done, fully fleshed out version of the character. Cause she's a fantastic character in comics that yeah. I don't think gets enough. I don't think she gets enough attention, enough love. She's getting more of it now, but she sure I really is do now. think it's, Oh yeah. yeah, I think it's one of those great characters that's just been waiting for someone to pay attention to. And so I think we're going to get pieces of all of it wrapped up in this really complex and beautifully done character. Because what we've seen so far has just been so beautifully done, just as Monica as Monica. So yeah. I'm I'm and here for also, it. It's it's cool to see the nod to Spectrum in her outfit too, in, mm-hmm. in what she's wearing. Oh so yeah, cool. like just in yeah. the regular sword gear or whatever, just to have that black and that white yeah. two tone mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's just like perfect. Yeah. yeah. So listen, so this week I I was we we had a lined up an interview with Tiana Paris, Monica Rambeau herself. Uh, I was going to do this interview. Everybody on the comicbook.com staff probably hates me because I I these Marvel <laughs> interviews come in and I'm like, "Yo, Marvel interview. I got to do this one." <laughs> and listen, so I, to be completely honest, I got snowed in in the middle of nowhere. I went away for Valentine's Day. I got stuck there for 3 days in the middle of nowhere. And so I called on Nicole. I said, I, I, I asked Jim, I said, who should do this one? We went to Nicole uh, and she got to talk to Tiana Paris for me. She did a tremendous job with this interview. I'm very excited to premiere this interview right here on Fazio. Everybody, Nicole Drum with Tiana Paris. There are so many theories and so much speculation about literally every detail about this show, especially that aerospace engineer. What was your reaction when you learned who the aerospace engineer is? When I well, I can't wait to see what y'all's reaction is when you learn who the aerospace engineer is. Were you excited? I, Was it a everything about this show excites me. There are so many little surprises, things you don't expect. So in keeping with the theme the show has already set up, I'm always excited. Um, have you seen any of the fan theories that have been floating out there? Yes, it is so much fun to read. And I actually learn things too, like with the Easter eggs, like they'll zoom in on set deck in the far deep background and then tell a story about it. I'm like, God, I didn't even know this was over there. And you have I'm... a whole thesis on it. So that's been really fun to read and see uh, people point out the Easter eggs. Do you feel like there are any theories that are getting somewhat close? I feel like there are some really hardcore, intuitive fans who 
are doing very well. <laughs> there are some smart cookies out there. There are some smart cookies. Yeah. Another big thing that folks are speculating about is mm-hmm. if Monica becomes Spectrum and when she'll get her powers. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? Like, what do you make of it all with the theories and the uh, specifically about your character? Well, I'm just, you know, this is my first time in the MCU. And so it's just been really exciting to see how excited the fans have been for this character, which is a huge shout to um, our creatives, Matt Shackman, Jack Schaefer, our head writer, and Mary Lovanos, our Marvel producer, who have just made it their mission to make sure this was a fully fledged three-dimensional character and I, I it's been a real treat just watching her story blossom throughout the course of the show and so seeing the fans excited by what we've created has been very thrilling for me and I cannot wait for you guys to see what else we have in store there's definitely a lot more in store you can you can tell <laughs> um mm-hmm. One of the things that I have noticed is we've had some not so subtle clues that uh, Monica may not be real thrilled with Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers. Mm -hmm. And I got to ask, what's the beef? What's going on there? Because the last time we saw them, they were close. Yes. When Monica was an 11 year old girl with her mom and Auntie Carol, they had a beautiful relationship. And so I think what's been awesome with WandaVision is getting to see Monica grow up and we haven't seen her for, uh, you know, 20 years plus or however many and um, getting to see slowly it's been being revealed what her life has been since we last saw her. And so Carol Danvers is, was a part of her life when we last saw her and seeing that there is still, there, there is something there I think is, very exciting because as we know, or maybe not, but I'll tell you that Monica will be in Captain Marvel too with yes. Carol Danvers and um, Ms. Mar- Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. So that gives us space to further explore what might be happening there. So I don't want to ruin anything for you. I appreciate that. I also <laughs> appreciate your time today. Thank you so Thank much you. and have a great rest of yours. You too. Thank you. Tiana Paris is awesome. Like that yes. was a great interview. Thank you for that. But she also, she's very good uh, for somebody so oh new to the model of it all. She's very good at giving good answers, but also not saying too much at all. You could just see it. Yeah. She, she, she did the whole, I'm not going to reveal a whole lot very well, but she was so much fun to talk what to. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for you to see who the aerospace, but that seems to confirm there is a person coming in as the aerospace. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. So where were I'm looking at my notes here really quickly. No, I want to talk about Pietro. Oh, boy. So I had a oh, take boy. on Twitter. Are you ready? People, People kind of people. I was surprised how many people disagreed with me on this. But what I said was, I really want. I essentially said, I don't remember word for word, but the tweet said something like, "I need Wandavision to to at least acknowledge why Pietro looks like Pietro from the X Men universe, why he's wearing that face, and if it doesn't, I'll be frustrated. Like like it's just too intentional of a move to to incorporate." 
this this actor who played the same character. So, I mean, Jim, I know where you stand on this. Lena, I'm interested to hear you. Do, would you be okay if this was just like a, here's a nod. We know you're expecting multiverse because this leads into Doc Strange's multiverse of man. Like, don't you want no, this to mean something? terrible. That would be the worst thing ever. What do you mean? I'm like, saying. bring them all in. I want to see all these people now. That's what I'm saying. I was surprised. <laughs> a Nexus commercial? There's a Nexus commercial. So that oh. has to go somewhere. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Oh, oh, now, oh, hold on a second. Brandon, do you need? Do you want to go before I go on? Yeah. The <laughs> right? We have the opportunity to, to pull out some geek cards here and okay, explain. Enough, go. One of us is going to explain the Nexus being up at all. I would let Lena <laughs> take, it, take us away if you want to. I mean, I just want to say, like, is this is this some sort of like hub of the Nexus where Wanda's gonna like to you know be the one who traverses all the multiverses? Like, is is this where it's gonna start and we go deep? I don't know. I see him. I see Jim nodding. I'm like, you do your thing. Jim's <laughs> <laughs> ready. No, look, look. There's there's the, that the Nexus thing is is definitely a, a twofold thing, right? Nexus beings in the Marvel universe are are things, right? They are uh you know kind of the super powered magical beings that have the ability to you know travel through the verse, and then there is uh. Uh, you know the the nexus uh, of everything, which is the mm -hmm. the pathway through some of the other uh, uh, you know alternate universes. I know Adam Barnhart's in the chat, and uh, Adam Barnhart's going to uh, get real mad at me if I don't mention. Maybe is this opening the door for a man thing? Uh, a slow reveal kind of thing. I don't know, but we got to dial it back just a little bit about the Pietro of it all because we're shown a book in this. Um, uh, in this episode that we are, uh, you know, are believing or assuming is the, the dark hold. Now this is a dark hold that is different than what we've seen in runaways and in agents of shield. I do need mm -hmm. to give a call to the hula dancer that was on the truck. The very nice, uh, another agents of shield Easter egg, uh, I believe, but anyway, now back bit. So the, the guy who wrote the dark hold, is a villain by the name of Chithun, I think is how you oh, pronounce it. I don't know. I read these stories and I say them out loud. Then when I say them out loud, say them out loud, I'm like, oh God, I'm going to completely embarrass myself. Uh, Chithun is look. He is a a uh, an elder god who obviously has ties to Mephisto in the you know the dark realm uh, and all of that. But very recently, or not very recently. In a miniseries called Young Avengers, Wiccan and Speed, he uh, he he show you know he shows up uh, shows up there, but also uh, has showed up in a recent issue of um, Mighty Avengers. Uh, and in that, the story in Mighty Avengers is um, he basically comes. It's a, a story that involves Wanda, uh, written by Dan Slott, art by Koi, uh, Koi Fam. Um, comes back to Earth basically as quicksilver and so richard pull up what the villain actually looks like because i know we've got that so that's what that's what chithin looks like and that is scary as hell look horns again still right and then when he showed up when he showed up in mighty avengers boom uh richard well, he <coughs> sorry excuse me came back in the body of quicksilver just to mess with wanda there is zero okay so listen that, i think i think not connection. I, no, I think that you have a really valid point, but at that point, it's just, oh, was Aaron Taylor Johnson unavailable? And you just went with like the closest thing. Well, like, no, because because you can no, still no, say no, so. because you know the multiverse exists, and so you know, you know, uh, either Agatha or whoever the bigger thing is at play here. You know, like they they made it very clear that you you could not bring some, you know, magic cannot bring someone back from the dead. 
where Wanda's magic at least couldn't. And so the theory is that like, you know, they needed a Pietro. So they pulled a Pietro. It just happened yeah. to look, it, it happened to look different. And so that's what you got. Like that, that explanation is, is clear as day there. Isn't there I, also I, a story where that particular villain also possesses Wanda or am I wrong? Like I'm yeah, pretty no, sure he, 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 that- because because if because I was just because if that's I'm like my brain. There's so many Wanda stories I've been rereading to like you know be prepped. But also, if you think of it in terms of that, roll back a couple you know an episode to the snacking on your magic. I feel like that could be connected to that if that is the villain in play. Yep, that's uh. I mean, but is so Pietro is Cathan Chathan, however yep. we want to say it. Uh, I, I, most yeah. likely. But like, is Ralph Cathan? Is are they both the same person? I don't know. Yeah. Is Ralph real? Yeah, I, say, I, I don't st- know if Ralph exists. I still feel Ralph could okay. exist, and I, I still think there's a way to work Mephisto in there too. Um, well, right. So I, I, I like definitely could be kind of like a t- like a tier above villain. Like you know what I mean? Like they could yeah. be building yeah. him, and and yeah. we all expected him to be here. But if Marvel Studios has shown one thing through all of these years, it is patience. They don't care to give you everything right up front. They no, will yeah. take the time to build. And he is I, such a such a major villain that like you, you can't ju- like nothing against yeah, the show, right? But it's is too big to just bring into WandaVision. Yeah, no, you have to like lay the groundwork for it. And and maybe I'm completely insane, but I don't know if anyone saw this, but I saw someone put on Twitter that there's that fly or whatever crazy thing it is uh, that's on cicada. those curtain. Yeah. And someone's yeah. like, you know, Mephisto originally kind of was first snuck in there as a fly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like you know, so it wouldn't surprise me if that's a, a deep cut, low key. We're, we're kind of building that bridge through this other stuff. I had a note in here that I wanted to ask Lena because when when Wanda goes into Agatha's house before we lo- know that she's Agatha, it is like that. There's that fly moment. There's like the tight shots on the rabbit. It all starts to feel very claustrophobic. So I was curious, like from the director perspective, like what would do you think Matt Shackman was trying to accomplish there? Do you think there's details? Do you think it's a tone all the above? Yeah. I was actually going to say when we were talking about this stuff, I was like, the reason I don't think any like these giant villain things are coming next episodes or whatever is just, you know, the nature of TV show storytelling, especially that Disney is doing this once a week format. And and there's a certain tone, like there's the, there's the giant comic book nerds, but then there's 80% of their audience, which is kind of like middle ground. You know, they don't know half the stuff you guys know. So they kind of have to ease that audience into this whole universe thing. Like some of them don't know what a multiverse is, you know? So like they mm-hmm. have to sort of like dangle those things and, and keep within that tone. They can't just bring out like the biggest villain of all, you know, like in the next two episodes i don't think and so i, I think they're sort of starting to set the tone to get people into that sort of world from like fun happy land of episode one so do you think though we'll get a definitive ending for the show or will it feel more like a stepping stone just just serve as a stepping stone to something else i think given that you know disney's plus is just establishing themselves in their own right like now I mean, they're yeah. going to want people to be like, no, we are keeping this service. And we need to know <laughs> for next season what happens. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a major cliffhanger. And it's going to be, uh, you have to go watch Spider-Man 3, go watch Doctor Strange, follow Wanda wherever she goes. Uh, next time you can find her in the MCU. And it'll, you have to, you just have to watch. Yeah. So it'll be, but I also think it will have some sense of conclusion. Uh, yeah. Some of these mysteries, but I think the bigger things will be unresolved, which 
that's a slippery slope. We'll see. I can't wait to see the Twitter discourse on that day. Uh, so listen, before we wrap up, my last thing for everybody, we there has been so much hype, uh, both from fans, but also from the cast and the, and the filmmakers. Everybody has, like, there's been so much talk of an actor that we haven't seen yet. We all kind of assumed it would be the aerospace engineer. I don't know if the aerospace engineer and this person that everybody's been talking about are the same person, if there's two characters coming. It's been compared to a Luke Skywalker-level cameo. Paul Bettany said that this is somebody he's always wanted to work with, which seems to imply it's somebody he has not worked with. Uh, so I just want everybody to give us one guess. Like, who's your best guess? Who is this actor or the character they're playing or both? Uh, Nicole, I'm going to start with you. Who do you... <laughs> Who putting you on the spot, Nicole? Ready to go. I'll, if you want, I'll go first. I, no, I have... I'm perfectly good with going first because mine is going to be a crack thing. Like just because I would love to see Magneto roll up, um, and I don't care which. You know, I personally Fastbender. I can't necessarily say it would be like. I doesn't come to mind as like, oh my god, it's the actor I'd want to work with. But then again, who knows? Every actor's got their dream list. But I would love for just like a, like like Magneto to roll up because that would also be another tie to. You know, let's bring all the mutants in. Let's let's get them all in here. And that's my wish list, but I have no idea. Like my my theory board is a mess when it comes to that one. <laughs> Jim, your thoughts? Who do you want it to be? Oh man, I am I'm totally happy with it being uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. But just for the sake of uh, wanting to see Paul Bettany and this actor on screen, I'm going to say uh, James Spader. No, oh my god. Oh, they work together. They work together, but they work together. That's fine. They work together in uh, Age of Ultron. So I guess that when you guys count. don't see when Jim Viscardi is not on the show next week, everybody, you know why. Look, there are theories that that like there was some crazy rumor that Al Pacino is cast as uh, Mephisto. And like one, I love that <laughs> casting, but two, it's amazing. absolutely totally bizarre. But if it happened, I would lose my mind. Jim, you're going to be so bummed out when we find out that Hayward is just Ultron's version of Vision Body. Oh, God. You know, you're going to be so bummed. But, uh, Lena, who, do, you have a, do you have a fantasy a, uh, person or actor or character in the Marvel canon world that you want to see pop up? Um, I don't think he ever will. And so I know my limits. I don't actually know who will show up, but I would love to see Beast again. It's been a while since I've seen him in his fighting form. Beast, yeah, let's get Hank in there. He's smart. Cool. He uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Hank could, yeah, he could certainly be an aerospace engineer who builds stuff for Monica or Sword or anybody. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's. But I mean, that's the thing is, is I have two answers to that. I think uh, either it's Benedict Cumberbatch because I don't think Vision and Strange have ever shared a scene together, which would give Paul Bettany the Bettany the I always want to work with this person thing mm -hmm. to make sense. Uh, but also, I mean, John Krasinski, Reed Richards. <laughs> I, I just, I Give up the ghost, that. Brandon. It's not happening. I know it's not happening. I think, but like, I don't think you can compare Doctor Strange to Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't think you can. I think you could compare Patrick Stewart, Professor X, to Luke Skywalker, maybe, or Tobey <laughs> Maguire, Spider-Man, to Luke Skywalker. But I don't think you could compare Benedict Cumberbatch and Doctor Strange to Luke Skywalker. But I do think, I do believe we're going to see Doctor Strange in the show. I just don't know if that's what they're all referencing. We have two episodes left. We will find out in the next two weeks. Listen, we got to wrap up today's show. This was an absolute blast, everybody. So now that you're done with Phase Zero and you've watched WandaVision, I cannot recommend highly enough you go watch Lena Khan's new movie, which is available now on Disney+. Plus. Flora and Ulysses. Lena, honestly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It was a blast. Uh, you can follow Lena at Lena underscore Khan on Twitter. You can follow Nicole at Life and Polaroid. And you can follow Jim Viscardi if you, for some reason, want to. 
Uh, <laughs> I am full of great takes on Twitter. I don't know why you would say that. His game Spader tweets. Uh, no, at Jim Bichardi. Uh He's going to change his handle to Red Shirt Guy soon, so make sure you follow him now. Uh, and that's a, if you're watching us on Twitch, make sure you subscribe to the channel. You're following everything. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate a five-star review if you had a good time. I'm not asking you to lie, but if you didn't like it, just don't leave a review. Uh, and Spotify <laughs> is also a good place to listen to us. So thank you so much. And I cannot thank Lena Khan and the people at Disney who helped us get an awesome guest for today's show. Thank you so much. Flora and Ulysses available now. I am Brandon Davis. This has been Phase Zero, Episode 6. We'll be back next Friday, everybody. See ya.